Welcome back, everybody. We apologize about the little hiatus that we had, but the Daddy Caddy podcast is still here live. It's been super busy. I know for me, on my part, on my end, I got I was working a lot, putting a lot of hours at work. Um, got a lot of stuff going on out here, uh, the prisons and stuff. Um, but uh, I'm here. I'm alive, safe. Everything's good. What are you, Mike? What's going on? What's going on new with you? Yeah, no, haven't been canceled yet, so we're still here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, we've uh, we've just been real busy over here in the Davis household. We're in the middle of a move right now, so we're trying to move everything out and uh, make sure that we're out of here by probably the end of June, because we want the house on the market as soon as possible while the value on it is still high before the economy absolutely crashes and goes to the tank. <laughs> right, just like. So we want to sell while uh, while we can still make some money before our house is worth a couple of pennies. Exactly. But, and uh, uh, I've also been working a lot of night shift. So I've been going in at 11, 11.30, 11.45 in the afternoon. I'm not getting done until 8, 9 at night. So I've just been real busy over here too. Yeah. And uh, JJ is not able to join us today. He's got some stuff he's taking care of back over at home. Um, but we look forward to seeing him, don't we, Micah? Oh, you, you mostly. Oh, 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 especially after this NBA finals. Exactly. Yeah, no, the NBA finals <clears throat> coming from a Boston perspective was very disappointing. Um, you know, uh, you got the warrior people out there, Micah. You had him in six, didn't you? I had him in seven. Yeah, I had him in seven, been seven yeah. But I, I did pick the Warriors. But I do think that Boston has a lot of good stuff to take away from this series. Oh, like, of course. They're young. Like, like, They've got – I'll bet you most people are going to be back on their roster. They've got to figure out something without Horford. Like, I don't think Horford's going to come back. And if he does, and I don't know if he's going to play the minutes he was playing. But I think that if you guys can get – um. If you can get your your big man back and get that knee healthy, uh, Robert uh, Robert Williams. Yeah, Williams. If you can get Williams back and healthy on that knee, that's a scary team because that man was playing on a bum knee and he was still putting up some stats there. Yeah, he was scary, man. He was he was definitely made a big difference. But all uh, all around though, that was just so disappointing for me. I mean, I, you. I don't know how everybody who watched game six, but uh, when I was watching it, I just saw a Celtics team just kind of roll over. I saw mis miscommunication. I saw guys um, moving where they weren't supposed to be just failing defensively, which is so funny to me. I send a, I send a nice little picture with a bag on uh, the <laughs> best defense in the league. It was this funny picture with a guy with a bag on his head because it was just embarrassing. I mean, we claim to be the best defense in the league, but then you got your defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, you know, taking just like that one play where he uh, switched on without Horford for oh, no yeah. reason at all. No reason at all. And yeah. then and then you just see uh, it was like it was like Steph Curry, even if himself was in shock when they made that switch, he's like, you're going to just roll over like that and then he was like okay all right and then he just cooks him up top and goes in and you just i just saw stuff like that there's just where, where it looked like boston they weren't you could tell something was up like i don't know we'll, we'll, i'm sure some stuff will come out later on later on in the rest of the summer getting 
coming up to the next new year, but um, you could tell that there was some, some, some stuff going on because that team wasn't playing like a team. Yeah. What I, what I was looking at a lot and especially like towards the end of the series and like a lot of people started talking about it. I think that, I don't know what it was with like Tatum and Brown and all those guys, but they were just, every time they were driving in, you know, they looked lazy driving in and they were just expecting a call every single time they drove in. Well, and, and, like, and tell, tell, tell me, tell me why, tell me why we got what seven or six foot nine, like almost like this Jason Tatum is, is a beast. Yeah, he's long. He's long. six. Yeah. He's yeah. long. Why, why are we bringing the ball up like this when we're going in for our layups? Why are we raking the ball yeah. up like that? Like, keep the ball up. I mean, you yeah. got players like Steph Curry and um, uh, Gary Payton, these small guys, these small guards who are raking that ball out every time mm-hmm. you bring the ball low. And it's just stupid, stupid offense. And then when Jalen Brown would drive, it was like a 50-50 if he was going to even get to the rim. Oh, I'm pretty sure that they put butter on the ball every time Jalen Brown handled it. Because oh. that man's like one of the most elite like shooting guards in the NBA that can't dribble worth a damn. Yeah, no, right. I was like, I was like, all right, leave him up top, kick it out to him, shoot. Jason yeah. or Jalen Brown, shoot. Don't shoot. let him dribble for more than Don't not dribble three seconds. Exactly. Yeah. It was it hurt me so much to watch. And I'm like, I'm like watching these things and I'm like, geez, like these are this is simple basketball one-on-one stuff that you're doing that like, you know. It's just yeah, totally yeah. we just fell apart and then there was other times we looked absolutely amazing throughout mm-hmm. the series at least in that last game the first like five minutes of the game the Celtics looked like they actually knew what they were doing and they had a I know they went on a pretty decent run to start the game and it was looking like it was going to be a, a pretty pretty intense game for the Warriors to try to crawl back in but then the Warriors just came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and for some reason I don't I don't understand what the Celtics game plan was with Steph Curry because like all Steph did the entire time was pick and roll. Yeah. Well, he they would were... sit up at the top and he would just rely, rely on that pick. And he just like either Horford or somebody else, they were playing way too soft and they, they wouldn't contest and Curry just cooked them from the three, like the entire series. That's all I saw mm-hmm. was it was just Curry sitting at the three getting that pick by either Draymond or Gary Payton or one of those guys coming off the bench, they were just throwing a quick pick out there and Curry was just lighting them up. Yeah. Well, Boston wasn't playing with any hustle. Mm -hmm. There was no hustle on those pick plays there. And then you had the, those big guys who would play like who were scared to play on the three. They were playing like six, six feet away. Um, and you cannot do that with Curry. Yeah. Because his release is just so quick and he's just so deadly. Yeah. Well, you know that he wants to shoot three, but they're scared of him driving in for some reason. I and I will give it to Curry too. That that man doesn't get enough credit for, for him driving to the basket and for the handles that he does. Like for sure. He was doing it all this series. So I, yeah, I definitely well, think that, like that man put himself in a league of his own. Yeah. Game six, game six, there was some sort of arrangement to where everybody was, even Boston. It looked like Boston was like, all right, Steph, we're going to give you this. We're going to let you MVP. They were like, here you go. You know, we don't, we don't want any more. 
We know how much this means to you. It doesn't mean anything to us. It was was stupid, but, you know, kudos to Steph Curry. So I got a couple questions for you, Micah. Um, So I know you were going for the Warriors the whole time, but Mm -hmm. my question is, was this series won by the Warriors or lost by the Celtics? Um. You could say a little bit of both. I think that the Celtics beat themselves because they got too much in their heads and, and they were expecting everything to go their way. So especially late in the playoffs and even going into the finals, there's just some things they're not going to call. Like every time you drive to the basket, you're not going to get a call. Sometimes you're just going to have to play physical. You're going to play aggressive. And the refs, which I thought they did a decent job. They did horrible the entire playoffs. But I think that they did fairly decent calling the finals. And you can't just expect a call every time you drive into the basket because, one, you get inside your own head early on because you're expecting all these calls. And you saw it with Jason Tatum all series. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think that Jason Tatum ever really looked comfortable this entire series. He put up a couple of good games, sure. But he just never really looked comfortable because, one, and even his coach had mentioned to, like, all their players, like, when they're driving, they're looking at the floor. So they're really playing against the floor. They're not doing anything else. Yeah. So I think a little bit was the Celtics just kind of beating themselves because, I mean, they went, they walked through Brooklyn, walked through Brooklyn. And Brooklyn was no slouch. Like Brooklyn's got some dogs on that team and they made short work out of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Then they marched into Milwaukee and beat Giannis, which nobody saw that coming either. I mean, and, even with a Chris Middleton down, that's, right. that, that team was still the team. That team, team is still brutal, right. And Giannis, I would say that Giannis is the best player in the league just because there's there's nothing you can do to stop him. Like, he's going to no get doubt. his points every single game. And they found a way to contain Giannis and somehow win. And then they marched into Miami and in game seven, won in Miami. So they went through it all. Like, they went through the gauntlet. You would think that going into this series, after game one, stealing one from Golden State in Golden State was insane because nobody did that the entire playoffs. Mm -hmm. But I think that they just got a little too in their heads and they were, you know, expecting all these calls to go their way. And it's not going to happen in the finals. They're they're not going to call as much in the finals. It's a proven thing that they've done year after year after year. They're going to let the players play a little bit. They don't want all these calls to slow down the game or to decide the game. And at one point, you have to just play. And I don't think that the Celtics were doing that towards the end there. So I think the Celtics beat themselves more than anything. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with you. I think the Celtics – I think that the Celtics, the end of the day, like I get it, you know, you got – Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you got a bunch of these young dogs on, on Golden State and uh, um, and Steph Curry is in a league in himself and he is a Hall of Famer and we can get in the top 10 all time. We'll get into that maybe later on in the pod, not in today's podcast, but later on maybe when JJ gets back, but we'll get into it. There's a lot of big questions about that, but I, even with that stacked team, I still feel like talent wise and depth wise, Boston was a better team. I feel like Boston went through the Eastern Conference, which was harder, harder than than the than the route that uh, uh, Golden State went through, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, I agree. I think that Boston went through the tougher schedule for sure. 
Exactly. I mean, both both Milwaukee and uh, Brooklyn. I feel like everybody feels like that that series was like so long ago that people like forgot about it or something. But like they were like favorites to win the chip. So I feel like that was something that people don't really that people are sleeping on. Just showing that like the road that the Celtics went through, but they went through all this stuff and then they threw away the finals. It's like they got in their own head. It, it's it, it was ridiculous, but. I agree. Boston threw this away. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to take away too much credit from Golden State. They played, they played, in my opinion, the team that should have won. They played them and they played them the way that they're supposed to do. They did everything they were supposed to do. Um, and Steph Curry, he earned it. And I'll give it to him. Hats off to the man. Uh, finals MVP. He's just got another one right there. He's put himself in a position to be one of the best players the league has ever seen. So, um, question number two, <clears throat> um, who is the team, who is Golden State, your favorite for next year's finals? Or who's your favorite for next year's finals? Season's over, zero zeros. Well, I, I don't know if I would put Golden State as my favorites because they're another year older. So Steph's not getting any younger. Um, Clay's not getting any younger. Draymond's not getting any younger. They have a young, they have a young core for the most part, sure. But I think that they're going to lose some. So we can't sleep on Wiggins. That dude was arguably the second best player this series as well. Yes, Wiggins is yes. about to get paid. Whether it's by Golden State or by another team, he's going to get paid. Golden State would be fools to not bring him back. And then Jordan Poole is probably going to get paid. Hang on, my my dogs. Hey. So <laughs> keeping the peace. I know. Um, I think that Jordan Poole is about to get paid as well. So there's no way that that you can keep all those guys with with what they're paying them right now. So I don't know if Golden State's my favorite. I also know that like Jamal Murray's coming back over in Denver. Um, Michael Porter Jr. should be healthy coming back for Denver. And Western I mean, they conference. made it to the playoffs without those guys, and they still have Jokic coming back. So the West is going to be strong again. I think and- that the West is going to be is going to be the conference. That's going to be it again next year. This last year they had a lot of injuries. The Lakers were uh, foul, and I feel like, but I feel like it's going to be a new year. The war, the Western Conference is going to live up to what the Western Conference is, mm-hmm. the hardest conference, because the Eastern Conference has never been. This was like a fluke year when it came to like competition wise in the Eastern Conference because there's usually not that much competition coming out, but this last year there was. I would, as much as I hate to say it, I would say that that Boston is probably going to be my favorite going into next year, just because they're young. They've got their entire core coming back. Um, I don't see them losing anybody this losing anybody big this off season. I think that they're all going to want to go back and they're all going to want to kind of run it back. Um, and I think that they're talented enough offensively and defensively. They can put up 130 on you, but they can also clamp you down defensively and they can, and they can clamp you down and not let you go past 80. Mm-hmm. So I think that it all comes down to, to Boston for me next year. And I think that it, it really is theirs to lose just because they're so young. They're still so talented. Um, they all play like a bunch of dogs. They do. They're a, a bunch, bunch of, of dogs. Out there, for sure. 
So, well, Austin's my favorite. Well, I want to give Micah his round of applause. He picked the Warriors. Kudos, take your bow. Well, uh, I'm sure you can get another one for JJ next or next week. But I want to move on to some bigger topics. I don't want to drag our podcast on too night too much too long tonight. But I want to get into a little bit of the NFL because there's been some there's been a little bit of drama, not much, but just a couple topics I want to run over. Um, but we'll start off with the uh, with the two more cases on top of the already stacked allegations against the Deshaun Watson. And there's been there's been a lot of like talk about is he even gonna play this next year? I mean, I, I I'm sure that uh, Cleveland is over there sweating because of the way they just burnt Baker Mayfield. Now they're realizing they might not even have a quarterback to start next year. I I read somewhere that they are getting ready to to move forward with who's even who is a uh, Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. They're getting ready to to move forward with him for week one which is not really inspiring confidence. Right. That's, you know what, for an already stacked, I'm, I'm just glad that uh, for an already stacked division, the Steelers playing, um, maybe and might not have to worry about the Browns this year. So, right. Happy about that. But I know we've talked about the allegations and Deshaun Watson's situation a little bit before on this podcast, but I want to get a little bit more into it again today because there's been some more stuff. There's obviously been some more stuff to come out. Deshaun Watson has taken um, the stand and he's talking, well, not the stand, but he's taken to the media a little bit and he's given some more, you know, of his input on the whole thing. And I just want to see where we're at with that. Like, how are you feeling about that right now? Well, his lawyer wasn't really inspiring confidence <laughs> when he went on the record and said that, Deshaun Watson's actions weren't technically illegal and that getting pleasure after a massage isn't technically illegal. That wasn't really inspiring confidence with me. Right. So if you love it. Royally fumbled a bag like that. And then, then I don't, I don't know. Don't you, don't you love it? Like it's, it reminds me of like being a kid again when you're like, well, well, technically I didn't cross the line because you know, I'm still right. But like technically, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. It's funny. I mean, cause I'm still on the side where, you know, and, and it sucks because I, I've, I've loved Deshaun Watson. I, I love him as a talent. Like, I think he's, I watched him and I've watched him in person um, in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, in 2016, um, when they were down in Phoenix playing Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl, mm-hmm. um, and I watched him beat Alabama, an amazing game. I mean, he's done so many great things. I think he's an amazing football player. And it, but there's all the stuff that's coming out. It's just kind of like, and then the things he says, the things that are coming out with his lawyer and all that stuff. And I'm just like, it's like you're kind of a dirtbag, man. Like, like I get it, like you know, maybe one, two, you're a dude. I get it. You know, I mean, I, I get that, but at the same time, like it gets to a point to where like, I'm, I'm starting to like see like this entitled young man who thinks that, you know, because of his status that he thinks that he can do whatever he wants. And that's kind of what I'm, what, what's, what this self is personifying itself as. I mean, I know he's saying, well, I, I didn't, I didn't rape anybody. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't assault anybody. I didn't do this, but it's like, that's, 
yeah, I mean, there's been some of those, but at the same time, you've also done other stuff that was pretty disgusting. And it was like, I, I keep rerunning the comment that I made earlier in our podcast that we did had before, where it's like, is this the type of man that you want around your daughter? You sure. know, and it's like, and it's like, as, as, as a, as a dad, I mean, I'm I have a boy, but like as a father, um, I can only imagine like if this, if my daughter would ever came home with a man like that, who had these things, I get it. You're Deshaun Watson. You're this amazing quarterback. You just got paid millions of dollars. But at the same time, if I see my, if I see my daughter holding that man's hand, it's, it's on site. It's on site. It's like, it's not happening for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that like in the start, it looked a little fishy just because of the situation that he was in. And it looked at when you first saw these allegations coming out, I had wondered if it was like Houston just kind of blackballing him from the league because he stated that he didn't want to play there. But then there started to be like a pattern Mm -hmm. and it started to get a little weird there. And then his answers and his lawyer's answers started kind of shifting to, Oh, these are false to, Oh, well, well, we, this is, this is all that we did over here. Or technically this isn't even illegal. Like when, when you start to justify you're, you're already starting to look guilty. And I think that you're just trying to save face at this point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it it's, it's gross. I can't believe that that's, it's going on. And it just, and it's just making him look so bad. I wish that he would like one of the lawyers for the, the women who came out um, was like, at least come out and apologize. Like, like you're already admitting that you didn't do like, you didn't do this, but you know that you did some stupid shit. Like, like right. come out apologize like that's that's like the least that you can do i mean like save a little bit of face for yourself you know what i mean like yeah. if i got that and and i if i got the apology right now like he came out and he said hey yeah i mean there was some stuff i maybe crossed the line with a couple of different things and da, da, da. it's like i still i still plead innocent for like rape and assault and stuff like that but at the same time if i crossed some lines made some people uncomfortable like yeah. i apologize for that like if he can do something like that i'd be like all right, I mean, you can save yourself a little bit of face. I can still respect you as a football player. But if, if he's just going to keep standing his ground the way he's doing right now, burnt in my book, man. I, I just can't. I don't know that I could look a guy in the eye and really respect a man as in, in general. You know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, no, I agree. It's, uh, it's someone that I definitely won't want to watch. And I will definitely, like, switch the channel on Sundays if he's on exactly yeah because like you can have all the talent in the world but if if you're like that then like what's the point of even watching you exactly nobody wants to watch you he's just devaluing himself and you know like i said i really like him as a football player i think he's a great football player but uh he's got to get out of his his own ego and do what's right in the situation just he needs to do what's right yeah and that's definitely someone that like and you're gonna know too, like growing up with your with your kid, like you're not gonna want to watch him on Sundays with your kid, because the last thing you want is for a young kid growing up. And you know this especially, like you see you see something one day and you start to like lean towards that. Like mm-hmm. I became a Falcons fan because I watched Falcons games as a kid. Yeah. So like the last thing you want is for 
a kid to like idolize a man like that. Deshaun Watson, let's go. That's my favorite player. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably not smart. No, that doesn't look good at all. But uh, other than that, there hasn't really been any other big news. There's been a couple of contracts. I know for Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick signed back with the Steelers with a nice contract over there. Um, Yeah, that was smart to sign that, dude. uh, But other than that, I don't really know of any other big important news going on in the nfl what about you didn't you uh didn't you guys just lose a defensive end i thought the steelers just lost a defensive end to retirement didn't he didn't he announce that he retired after like a couple of seasons i'm trying to remember um i forgot it was uh i, I think it was a defensive end i think i remember seeing that for the steelers I do remember somebody retiring a little really, really early, but I don't remember ever being a Steeler. Let's see. Nope. Can we, Jamie? Jamie, pull that up. Pull that up. Jamie, right? <laughs> Jamie. We need a Jamie so bad. Right. We're working on it. We'll get there. Let's just go to to Steelers news. Pittsburgh Steelers news. But, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of our defensive ends that we have right now, and we got Hightower. I think Hightower just got signed, didn't he? Um, oh, yeah. To it. Oh, Stefan To it. Yeah. Yes. He retired. Uh, yeah. I, I think he was, uh, was he a defensive end? I thought so. No. Was wasn't he? Uh, he was a. I know that he was defensive lineman. Yeah, he was. He was defensive lineman. I thought. He, yeah, yeah. Was I know that. Inside of Hayward. Yeah. Well, Hayward's still there. Right. And um, he still got yeah, Hayward on block there. And Bugs, Isaiah Bugs, who's uh, who played really, who played pretty good last year. He got hurt. Yeah. So we're deep. So that's not too bad. And your Steelers are always gonna fall out every season. Like Hopefully. as long as Mike Tomlin is there. I think that that's part of the Steelers' curse, too, is that they have such a great coach with Mike Tomlin that even on their bad years, like, <laughs> they don't it's have not bad a bad either. year. So, yeah. as, a, as a GM, you kind of hate it. Like, you have to respect it, but you kind of have to hate it, too, because, come on, man, like, at least give us a chance for, like, a lottery pick or something. Like, <laughs> like let us get a top three pick at least some of these years. There's no way that, like, you're still pulling out all these wins and you're and you're pulling in nine wins with a dude named duck as your starter duck right i take duck over rudolph i think that i would take a blind paraplegic over rudolph <laughs> <laughs> same same but uh I mean, other than that, I mean, that about does it for us today on the podcast we want to put some out there show some love to our fans out there people who support us and um but we will be back soon, hopefully in the next couple of days. We'll be out here. JJ will come back on the podcast and we can all catch up. And yeah, we'll JJ definitely give him a hard time for going with those Celtics. Yeah, that's what JJ's go for. We love him. We miss him. Um, but uh, thanks, everybody, again, for uh, for all those that are listening right now. We love you guys. And uh, thanks for sitting down with us. Much love. Yeah. Yeah.